Hello, friends. Welcome to A Kenyan American in the United States podcast. Um, today, Steve will be co-hosting as usual. Hello. How are you? Are you good? I'm good. <laughs> Excellent. Is this the intro or is this the, the main show? This is the intro and the main show. And the main much. show. Excellent. Okay. So, and I'm taking over hosting duties, aren't I? So we're, we're doing yeah. a, a whole new format. Well, not, we're actually continuing on the old format, but indefinitely, which is that I will be springing questions on you and you will have to kind of answer them on the fly. And uh, if you're nice, sometimes I tell you the questions in advance. But uh, Yeah, so Steve will be the new host and I'll yeah. be the subject of the questions, being peppered with questions. So, so what do we call the show now? That's not actually a Kenyan-American. I guess it is. but uh, A Kenyan-American in the U.S. being asked many questions. Yeah, Kenyan-American getting grilled in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay, so you ready to do our show on our new slash old format? Yes, I'm excited. Let's no. do this. All right, okay. So uh, background on this is that uh, one of our neighbors... Um, and I'm okay. Well, I said the country, right? Uh, Eritrea, yes. Uh, close enough. Any close enough. I'll do. Eritrea. Uh, Eritrea. Uh, he is from Eritrea, and uh, he was discussing camping um, in this area. Like we're in, you know, North Carolina. It's very pretty, a great area to camp in. Mm-hmm. And so, and it got me thinking about uh, you don't like camping. No, because uh, mm. you were born in the city, uh, yeah. but uh, your your grandparents they live in the villages. Yes. Uh, so let's just start off with kind of a a, a brief description of like the, what it's like in the village. Like, what are the houses like where your grandparents live, and you know, kind of what's the the level of like you know technology? Has everybody got cell phones now? Like, how has it changed mm-hmm. since you've grown up? So, so um, I think my latest it's been really long since i went to um my dad's side where i spent an extended t- period of time um but that and was how long has it been it's been so since i've been in the us 8 years um i think the last time we went must have been like 2008 mm-hmm. really long time ago so take that in context so i'm i'm sure things might have improved but mm-hmm. i remember when we went um you kind of have to have donkeys and go get it's so beautiful it's very green but if you need water there's not any tap to water at least in the house where we stayed in mm-hmm. um some people do have have tap to water but it's not like the at the time it wasn't the norm so, so the the houses that you stay in what what do they look like kind of like a, i'm trying to oh, get a mental okay. picture like on the like the inside what it looks like what, okay is there, I'm sure there's furniture and things, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The house, uh, a lot of houses at the time uh, when we visited over 10 years ago um, were made of some kind of, I think, mud. Um, and actually, it's the women who built it on my dad's side. Um, and the, the roof is uh, thatched. So it's like a hut, a Maasai hut. Um, uh, so I know what would be the dimensions of this? Um, so and uh, let's let's do like would you say about the size of a one bedroom apartment or like the size of maybe two bedrooms or maybe like a studio apartment, but it's cylindrical. I mean, not cylindrical, like circular. 
Uh, a would be typically so. It'd be cylindrical. Is that cylindrical? Yeah, well, okay. I mean, yeah, if it has walls, I mean. Yeah, yeah sure, it it's would like a be, cylinder. It would be a cylinder, yeah. A covered cylinder. Okay. A patched cylinder, So yes. then they make the walls out of dried mud and wood. Yeah, but there's a way that they treat it so that um, no bugs can come through. Because, you know, certain kinds of bugs can drill through uh, mud. Mm-hmm. But there's a way that they treat it with like natural. I don't. I honestly, gosh, I wish I had the opportunity to watch this stuff going on because the women used to do this. It'd be fun to watch, wouldn't but, like, it? I don't know. I just took it for granted. I just, I just really didn't ask questions. And yeah. I'm like, I wish I did. <laughs> Does everyone help build the hut, or are you kind of responsible to build your own hut? I mean, I know, like in the Amish communities, they they would raise like buildings and barns, and they do it as like a community. Mm. Um, um, for me, I think friends can come because, okay, so I don't know about the housing, whether people help, but I can, I'm extrapolating from my experience of farming where we had cousins and friends, um, anybody who's free would come and help us like dig. Um, we used to kind of dig maize, mm-hmm. uh, what's it called? Cultivate maize. Mm-hmm. And, um, anybody who was just hanging out around would come and help you like, yeah. And it's pretty, all you need to do is just make them food (laughs) and that's it. So I'm imagining as far as building, it's also very communal. Okay. Um, And what would be reasonable, and this is, this is my show now, I'm going to grill you with all these questions. Okay. Yeah. What's a, what's a reasonable timeline for this? Like how long would this take? Is this like a day, a week or, you know. Building the hut? Yeah. Huh, I actually don't know. I feel like maybe one day we can bring my dad in and ask him sure, yeah. these questions because he grew up in that setting. Okay. Um, so he would know so, the average timeline. So we have a hut. It's got uh, uh, a treated kind of a clay type of yeah. walls and it's got a thatched roof. And I'm assuming the roof is watertight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it's about the size of a studio apartment, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what goes inside the hut? So there would be, like, an open flame, like, three stones for cooking. Mm-hmm. You use wood to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can use, the most advanced at the time when I visited, they would use charcoal, like a charcoal, it's called a jiko. Mm-hmm. Like a charcoal burner thing, it's like a stove. Um, and remember, we would even bake with this. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a bit cute right now if you think about it. It's like you made coals on the bottom and the top. Uh, uh-huh. Oh no, I'm getting, I'm digressing though. Oh. How to bake on a jiko? It's uh, okay. so crazy. We we didn't have ovens, um, but okay. we wanted our cakes. Yeah. Um, and. But okay, so does there's beds there? I'm assuming to sleep. Yes, we had we had beds. Um, lots of different people have different settings. Some people might have like a really soft mat that is kind of like made from the hide of um of cows. Mm-hmm. Um, or like they would put uh gosh yeah I remember when I was really really young we visited. Now I'm going back to visiting my mom's side and mm-hmm. um. There was, I remember hearing goats across the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is like pretty much like camping, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. 
And it's like, why do that to yourself? Are they are they similar? Like the the style of houses on your mom's side? And we're, don't worry, we're swinging back to the camping question. We'll finish up on the camping question. But I want to get like a really accurate picture in my mind of this. Is the so, so are the houses the similar on your mom's side and your mom's tribe as well? So I remember my mom's tribe. So they are a little bit more. I mean, significantly more progressive than the Maasai considerably. Oh, okay. Um, and so uh, my mom's house was made of stone, and they live by the big Mount Kenya. Mm-hmm. So there was always like this huge creek, and they always had a tap. So they irrigated their land. They have tea, coffee fields, mm. um, and they live by this creek, and they just get straight tap to water directly from Mount Kenya. It was so cold, so delicious. It's like spring water directly <laughs> to sounds, your front door front. Sounds wonderful. Okay. So alright, so we have but I think we were talking about uh so we described the house. Oh but on my mom's side it's a man that built the house house for the most part. But All right. my so it's different on my dad's side, okay. the Maasai. Women. Yeah. So you have your house, and then you have to go fetch water, um, is what you're saying. Like, yeah. And we used uh, donkeys, um, mm-hmm. and so you have to balance the donkeys carefully, and then you have to know the angle to stand behind the donkey so the donkey doesn't kick you. Um, and then <laughs> also, if you're trying to wash clothes, it's all like you're hand washing everything. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's such a peaceful existence because. If you're trying to make a phone call, I remember you'd have to go, like, maybe you walk maybe a mile to the top of this tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, <laughs> you don't have to get on top of the tree, but you could. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> just the top of the mountain. Uh-huh. And you literally didn't have any, like, network. Uh, what do you guys call it? Service. Service, yeah. Yeah. And, and I I know these days they've put uh, what are those things the satellites. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these days a lot has infiltrated. Like, uh, I remember we would drive there and t- there's a certain point the road would end, mm-hmm. and we'd just like literally be driving through the bush. Like my dad just knew the bearing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's gonna be a little scary, I would imagine. I mean, for me it would be scary. And that's really, really because of like driving through the bush. That's just because I've been in the car with your dad. He's a very dangerous driver. <laughs> <laughs> it was an adventure because you feel like you don't know what like you could be driving towards a cliff. But yeah. He knew. No. Yeah. Like, he just knew, and it was kind of a bit anxiety-inducing if you <laughs> you don't know where you're going. So I would imagine your your day to days are just kind of filled with just base necessities. Like you have to get up to go fetch the water for the day and wash your clothes and then probably cook. cook. Yeah, that probably take up a good portion of the day. I'd imagine. It yeah, uh, it kind of did, but we had enough time. It just felt like um, the days felt predictable because when on the equator. Um, it, it's not like here where some days are shorter and sometimes days are longer. Like it was always kind of you you knew the amount of daylight you would get. Yeah. And so it didn't feel like it was too much time spent. <laughs> and that's kind of 
as parents, we get to experience that all over again of how like dramatic the shift is in time because our son is almost two now. And he's like wondering why the day just got so short. He can't be outside playing as long as he used to. <laughs> and he's just kind of looking around at 530 like that was fast, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> checking his imaginary Fisher Price watch. But yeah. so, yeah, that is... Um, so the days are kind of constant. You kind of get into a routine. Um, so what do you guys like cook? What do you eat out there? Oh, we cook. Oh, we love beef. So obviously my dad's tribe, they have lots of cows and uh, lots of cattle overall. Mm-hmm. So lots of delicious. They're so good at cooking meat, like nyamachoma. Yeah, but uh, the, so do they dry the meat or? Oh, it's fresh. It's fresh? For the, Yeah, I think as much as I the ones I had was always fresh. So my my question is that you know when my family, I think they got like a cow butchered a long time ago, mm-hmm. um, and you get like they got months and months worth of meat off of this cow. Uh-huh. How do you guys prevent it from going bad? Oh, good if question. No, if you're not drying it or anything. Mm, I'm sure they have ways of preserving it, but usually when we're visiting, we're not there long enough to kind of get into the groove of the daily life but um also there's lots of families so if somebody usually that could be like a feast so maybe they'll get that in com- and have everybody share um because people usually know oh they're making this dish mm-hmm. uh, and so it's probably not gonna last forever maybe a few days yeah just because they'll usually share a big like if it's a big cow with lots of people yeah. or you could always also sell it there's local butchers um and so yeah you could always go maybe buy what you need and sell it or just kind of if you're getting your own cow or your own goat yeah yeah that's yeah. part of the commerce isn't it like they sell the meat um like mm-hmm. they sell cows um as part of their um, income so yeah i guess they would probably keep some and sell the rest yeah sense. you'd have to drive a long way but yeah usually that's something that you people get get uh, it's kind of a way of life you can go to the it's like a the local kiosk there's several shopkeepers that are pretty revered in the village yeah because they provide staples yeah for people and uh the uh, so you guys so my understanding is right you have like the coals so you just take like a they just cut you a steak up and they just throw the steak on the coals do you guys season it all or do you just oh uh, yeah we season it uh, we've got I don't know how how did they season it gosh it I think it was just so simple but it was, it tasted so delicious oh I love it um <laughs> but typically the Kenyan meals are uh, seasoned with nor, you know, nor beef, mm-hmm. royco. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen those. Oh, the um, royco is like that. Salt. That powder thing yeah. that you guys use, yeah. Yeah, salt. Uh, you can put pili pili. Uh, you guys call a lot of things pepper, but pili pili, hmm, what can I say? It's, it's not just like the kind of peppers you call peppers, mm-hmm. it's actually very hot. So depending on, some people have certain threshold that they can they like a very hot um, flavor, so they can maybe put season with pili pili, or you can put uh, natural herbs like cilantro, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but usually it's nyamachoma. So if it's nyamachoma, you'll cook, you'll just like grill it on the fire. Mm-hmm. But if you're making it as a stew, mm-hmm. if you put it on the coal, uh, you definitely will have it maybe in a pot, in a clay pot or a... Um, like a sufuria, mm. uh, a, a metal, it's like an aluminium cooking pan. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, that was one of my vocabulary words when I was learning my Swahili. <laughs> sufuria. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let, let's bring it back and uh, then we'll wrap this up. Is uh, So th- this sounds like a nice experience and very akin to the, the American camping yeah. experience. It's just that you kind of set up a temporary shop. You have to kind of go to find water sometimes um, and things like that. And you can kind of pick like how you know far you want to go in terms of like off the grid you want to go. But uh, so what specifically didn't you like about this experience, or why wouldn't you want to experience this in like a, an American setting? I think in an American setting, it just feels like self-inflicted hardship without the context of community. Mm-hmm. So when we went there, we were coming from Nairobi, the rigors of the city. It's like a very busy hustle and bustle. And um, I would have to wake up every morning in Nairobi in the big city mm-hmm. to even get to work at eight. I would have to get up at five. Mm-hmm. And just like that stress and you're constantly on your phone, keeping up with the clients. And then it's, it was refreshing to go to um, the village where the pace was a lot slower mm-hmm. you are forcibly reco- disconnected <laughs> unplugged it, you, sure. you had no choice and there was something to replace that because it was like all the daily activities that replaced the life and you are connecting with your cousins and your friends and your family and um so it wasn't necessarily the experience of these these things that you liked it was much more of the what it um no 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 um i'm i'm just echoing back what you're saying which is that uh uh when you removed the the focus of on other things external and were able to kind of unplug essentially yeah uh, you want to, you're okay with unplugging, but you have to have something to replace it with. And when you replaced it with like being able to focus on family and visiting, yeah. uh, but it's not something you would want to sustain like long term. Yeah. So here it just feels like it's like you would just go camping with the exact same people or by yourself. And it's like, just stay <laughs> home and enjoy hot water. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know um, when I was growing up, the now we can do the American experience was that uh, we actually would go camping as a large extended family. So I would go oh, okay. with all my mom's sisters, uh, which she has many, and you know, the one brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there would be, you know, I think 10 or so cousins running around. And oh, so we would all okay. camp, like, we would all go together as a very large group and kind mm-hmm. of camp and reconvene. So I, I think we, we did kind of recreate that experience you're talking uh-huh. about, about okay. being like a, a small village and trying to unplug. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe I, I will get you that, out then. there uh, at some point. <laughs> yeah, I could say that. And then the other thing is that when we were able to do it with friends, because you mm-hmm. can also go with friends, um, we went to the Naivasha Springs, the hot springs. Yeah. 
and um there it was also not it, it felt like being in beautiful nature but without sort of like the hardship of showering with cold water because <laughs> there were uh, we saw lots of flamingos and ostrich and then we even found like ostrich eggs and there's some really hot springs that yeah. have some sulfur and we were able to eat a big ostrich egg and <laughs> um in the places where the hot water combines with cold water on the spring uh-huh. it feels like a hot tub because it's the perfect kind of <laughs> temperature and so it's not like how, how legal is it to you eat an ostrich egg you got a curiosity I, I don't think you're supposed to because you know <laughs> maybe they want baby ostrich eggs to yeah sprout but yeah i don't know what do you say hatch hatch would be yeah sprout would imply plants <laughs> but yes hatch would be eggs and uh Okay, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's interesting. So, I think the way that it's done here, it's such a big contrast to what you're doing daily. And maybe if you had, like, I, it makes sense since you guys would come, we would bring family. So I guess I could see that. But true, and uh, ironic, well, ironically, but uh, interestingly, uh, I think. I probably had a more rural upbringing than you did. I, yeah. Maybe. I think in, you were kind Indiana. of more in the, the city, so. Yeah. Nairobi is, it's, when I went to New York, it felt a lot like being in Nairobi. Yeah. Just in our general reaction to snakes, you have a very visceral, <laughs> freaked out reaction to snakes. <laughs> so. Okay, excellent. Um, yeah, I think we could probably wrap that up on that one. Um, oh. So, yeah, so you have an open mind about the American camping experience, and, uh, you know, we could do it in stages, maybe rent an RV and kind of <laughs> go in there, but we need a group. We need to start recruiting we need people. To recruit people yes. whose company we enjoy. Yes. That shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> like a lot of people. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will be tackling a new subject uh, next week. Yeah. Thank you. We look forward to um, having you guys over. So come back again. All right. Bye. Host, you want to say anything? Mm-hmm. Nope. See you there.